everyone. Welcome to the podcast of the Vineyard Church, Chester Springs. We invite you to join our mission to love like Jesus, and you can connect with us on social media or visit our website, csvineyard.org. Now for this week's talk, brought to you by co-lead pastor Amos Grunendijk. Good morning, everybody. Really glad that you're joining us today on the live stream. My name is Amos, one of the lead pastors. Thank you, worship team. Appreciate it. Uh, well, we're jumping from a series called Speaking of Jesus into a series called Love, period. And Speaking of Jesus was like really good for me. It was orienting. It reminded me that Jesus is the thing. Uh, religion, Christianity, church, it's not the thing. Like, it's all about Jesus. Jesus is everything. And, uh, and so we share what we love, which is Jesus. And some of you have taken that to heart. And I just, I appreciate hearing back some of your stories. Somebody said, you know, I've been telling my neighbor, I tell Jesus everything. Like, the good stuff, the bad stuff, everything. And she just heard this past week her neighbor say, I started doing it too. Really cool. Uh, somebody said, you know, Somebody came to me and asked me how I was doing uh, and, and just talked about like the struggle and she used those words. Uh, you know, it reminds me that Jesus promised to be with me all the time. And for some of us, it's still a little clunky because maybe we have some church baggage or whatever to just share about Jesus instead of, you know, sharing about our church or sharing about ideas we have about God or the Bible, but to share about Jesus. And I just, I want to encourage you that, I mean, nobody is great at anything that they're new at doing. So uh, it's almost like we have to do a little bit of reverse work in our hearts in order to talk naturally about Jesus. So uh, we're going to now look at some of the essential teachings of Jesus from now through Christmas, really. And uh, a particular passage from... uh, a very person, a person that was very close to Jesus in Matthew records uh, his words in Matthew chapter five to seven. Christians have often called this passage the Sermon on the Mount. I am not going to use the word sermon very often because sermons sound kind of boring to me, uh, but we're going to try to look at this with fresh eyes. And I think if we really believe the words that Jesus is saying throughout this entire series, it's going to, at times, vibrate us a little bit. In other words, we have a bunch of ideas and beliefs or lifestyle choices that we're pretty set in. And if you look at Jesus like with fresh eyes, he's going to, to jar you, even if those beliefs or lifestyles were formed or shaped by a church that you grew up in. And the first part of these teachings has often been called by Christians as the Beatitudes. Uh, and it has nothing to do actually with attitudes that you should have or, or behaviors that you should try really hard to accomplish. Uh, beatitude is not related to the word Beatitudes. It's actually Latin for the word blessing. So Jesus talks, starts this new teaching by blessing. People. It's not a new religion. It's not a new list of things you must do or things you must believe. He begins by blessing people and shares what life looks like if you follow him. And one of his main 
uh, teaching points will be like the kingdom of God. And what we mean by the kingdom of God here at the vineyard is like the rule and reign of God so that things are the way that he intends. And so uh, beatitude means blessing. My wife actually blessed me this morning. Uh, You know what she did? She brought me dry socks. My socks got super wet uh, this morning as I was putting out the umbrellas. And (laughs) nothing's worse than uh, wet socks and wet feet. So I actually uh, gave the talk this morning in bare feet, but uh, I'm wearing shoes now because of my wife. So a tangible way uh, to help understand blessing, but maybe a more uh, like biblical way or a way to understand the word blessing as Jesus meant it is to use the words from the commentator Dale Bruner, who says, blessing is the divine or God's way of saying, I am with you. And with this, I am with you comes favor and grace and love. And so before we read uh, from these words of Jesus, let's just pray and ask God to bless us. God, we ask now that you would come. Just as uh, we, you know, trusting Dale Bruner's interpretation of blessing, it means that you're coming to be with us. We ask for your Holy Spirit to come and meet us wherever we are. Uh, We need you. We need you to fill us. We need you to renew our spirits. And we ask that now as I speak, that your words would actually do something to our hearts. So we come to you with open hearts and we ask that you would uh, inhabit them. We pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. Okay, so <clears throat> as I said, Matthew 5 is, uh, it begins with Jesus blessing these groups of people. And the, the first group of people that he blesses is he says, blessed are the poor in spirit, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. Now, I, I know I've told this story before, but I was a waiter for a couple of different, in a couple of different restaurants uh, for a few years. And something I learned being a waiter is, you know, beyond depending on tips, the, the amount of tip I got, the amount of cash I, that was left on the table, had much less to do with how well I did in serving the table and much more to do with the generosity of the person leaving the tip. And this beatitude speaks to that truth as it relates to God. Uh, God being an incredibly generous God because this, this blessing comes to people, well, we say poor in spirit. But to understand this, maybe a better way of saying it is like, blessed are the spiritually bankrupt. This is the opposite of what religion said and religion says, and often Christianity gets mixed up into. Like we say, blessed are those who obey God really well and who have uh, perfect church attendance and who read their every Bible every day. And Jesus is saying, no, 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 I'm here to bless people who are spiritually bankrupt. And so maybe... You know, you did something 20 years ago and every day you wake up feeling the guilt and the weight and the shame of a moral failing. Jesus says, I'm here to bless you. I am with you. Uh, Maybe the moral failing is something more recent or something active in your life uh, and you, you just feel defeated and powerless. Jesus says, I'm here to bless you. Do you hear how this is good news? The, the blessing of God is being poured out on people 
who don't deserve the blessing of God. God is deciding to come near to people who don't deserve God's presence. This is good news. It's an announcement. It's not a new moral code. It's not a list of, you know, uh, to-dos or trying to draw lines around who's in and out. It is Jesus blessing people. It is an announcement. Some of you remember uh, two years ago this week, I spoke to you for the first time as your lead pastor. My wife and I had been here for a couple years before that, but I came to you with an announcement. Do you remember? Uh, I was wearing a t-shirt that said baby maker. I I came to bring good news that my wife and I were going to have a baby, and now this baby is a toddler, and she's wearing us out. (laughs) Like, oh man, like she, I love her to to death, but you know, like she, she leaves me feeling tired. And I feel like this blessing is for the tired too. Like we think so often of spiritual in uh, in a sort of religious sense, but when we read uh, the story of the world in in the Bible, we find that it's actually God's spirit that gives life to the first humans. Like it gives the spark. And for some of you, uh, that spark has begun to dim, maybe especially during this time of COVID and isolation and you're worn out and you're tired, or maybe you failed and you... You're heartbroken and you're confused. Jesus says to you, I have come to bless you. This is an announcement. It is good news. Blessed are you who have failed miserably. Blessed are you if you're worn out or heartbroken. For the kingdom of heaven is yours. Now you could could read this and think, oh, so I just need to try and be happier. I need to act like I'm more blessed. But again, Jesus, Jesus cuts across or through that sort of um, what can sometimes be Christian kind of face or front. Because the next group of people Jesus blesses are the, those who mourn. Verse 4, blessed are those who mourn, for they will be comforted. There's, there's space for you to come to Jesus with your sadness and he will bless you. And I want to use just a, a metaphor here to kind of uh, return to as we go through this series. And the metaphor is that of a compass. And this blessed are those who mourn. Again, if, if you get out, if you think of the compass as like, um, th- like the Jesus compass, the thing to test your life on um, and and kind of check like, wait, if I'm, if I'm pretending to be happy all the time, if I always say, yeah, I'm doing great, nothing to complain about, life is good, and you get out your Jesus compass, you say, oh, actually, if I'm pretending to be happy when I'm not, I've veered off track a little bit. And uh, if, I'm, if I'm living these, like I'm living this lifestyle or believing these things, like, again, take out the Jesus compass and see where, where it's pointing and figure out which way your life is headed. And this, you know, we wish God would give us a roadmap, right? And some people, I think, confuse the Bible for a roadmap. But actually, there are things that will happen to you today and this week and this month that there's no, like, clear answer in here. It, it does, there's no, you know, my name is Amos. And there is actually a book of Amos in the Old Testament. But, you know, Amos 5.24 doesn't say, on Monday, Amos, you should buy a Starbucks coffee for your wife and then, you know, love her in that way. She, th- she actually 
I think she just said that that's in the Bible somewhere, but <laughs> she's nodding. Anyway, like we want a roadmap, but they, we haven't been given a roadmap. We've been given a compass. We have the words in the life of Jesus to test our own words in life. And we, like a compass works actually because there's an invisible power. You know this, right? Like compasses work because of the invisible magnetic power in the earth and it draws the, the needle a certain way. And I, we, we believe that that's God's spirit, not that God's spirit is the magnetic force, but like the, the force that can actually draw us toward Jesus in our life is the Holy Spirit. And I want to say one more thing here before I go on. You, uh, the compasses I had growing up, I mean, now, now I really just depend on this thing, uh, my phone. But the compasses I had growing up had a, uh, had a needle, right? And there, were, there was a red side and a white side. And so it's actually possible, guys, to get out your Jesus compass, look at where the needle's pointing you. And if you don't know that the red side is the side pointing north, it's possible to actually head in the exact opposite direction as Jesus. If you think that, uh, if you think that the white side is pointing north. And I, I want to use that as an opportunity to talk about the name of the series, Love Period. Like, if you get out your Jesus compass and instead of moving toward love, you find yourself moving toward religion, toward legalism, towards judge, like if you find yourself being more judgmental, if you find yourself drawing more lines in the sand and saying, I'm on this side, and so since you're on that side, you're my enemy, you've actually gotten out your Jesus compass and you're headed the wrong way. So, I mean, this, this series and this t-shirt, Love Period, might say Jesus Period, but we feel like Love Period is a great way to communicate to the world what Jesus is about. And so often, too often, we've turned the message of Jesus into just another religion. And that's bad news. The way of Jesus, the heart of Jesus, the generosity of Jesus is to bless. To communicate love. To communicate blessing to those who are spiritually bankrupt. For those who mourn. And in verse 5, Jesus said, Blessed are the meek, for they will inherit the earth. This is, this is something that runs so contrary to the way we think the world works. We think to inherit the earth, you must have your life together. You will have done your hair. You will have woken up at 5 to do your workout. Then you go to your high-paying job. You have perfectly behaved kids. And then you will inherit the earth. And Jesus says, blessed are the meek. And meek is the expression of weakness, actually. Like, meekness is not something that the world looks at and desires. Meekness is, your kids just had a meltdown in the grocery store because they don't want to wear their mask and you can't get them to stop. Meekness is, I just lost my temper. I'm a mess. I, I can't even wake up on time. Meekness is, my kids are wearing their shirt backwards. The kids keep coming up. I don't know why. It's my, like, it's my life. I, I, I preached without shoes this morning. Like, I don't have, like, meekness is, I don't have my life together. And Jesus says to you who are meek that I have come to bless you. 
Now, I think in these blessings, Jesus makes a turn here in the, I guess this would be the fourth of the blessings, where the first three are just, I think, so clearly about blessing people who uh, the world, like most people would look down on. And then we turn here, and it's, it's still things that the world doesn't necessarily celebrate, and in fact, sometimes despises. But it, it kind of is, a, is Jesus' way of showing what a Jesus-centered life looks like. It's like, the, it's, remember the compass and the magnet. It's like, is, how, how does Jesus' heart beat here? Who does Jesus' heart beat for? What does the life of Jesus look like, and, and how does my life compare. And so it's, it's, I don't want to call it an attitude or even a behavior. They're like characteristics of a life that has Jesus as its North Pole. And so when Jesus says, blessed are those who hunger or thirst for righteousness, for they will be filled, we're actually realizing that if, or we're uncovering that if Jesus is at the center of our life, if he's our North Star, if, if he's the one we're following, that there's a hunger and a thirst for righteousness. What's that? Righteousness is one of those dangerous words that religion has kind of twisted and, uh, and turned into something that I don't think it is. Like we often judge ourselves by standards that, that we would say are righteousness, but are really just moralism. Moralism? You know what I mean? Like, you know, you don't drink, swear, you watch good TV, you read your Bible every day, you, you know, kind of the uh, the opposite of spiritual bankruptcy, right? That's righteousness. No, that's not, that's not what Jesus has in mind here. And something to help us get at what Jesus has in mind here is to understand that this word righteousness can also be translated as justice. Both righteousness and justice are good translations here, but they're pointing to something that's hard to express in our English language because this was written in Greek. Uh, and, and it has to do with what, is right. So if you find yourself in a situation and you're thinking, that's just not right. Uh, It's an example of, I guess that's unrighteousness. If you see the gap between rich and poor and you think that's just not right. If you see an abusive um, uh, uh, marriage, you can say that's not right. If you see uh, kids that are being neglected, you say that's not right. If you see like people who have given a lot and served and sacrificed, maybe, maybe for our country in a way, like maybe they've been civil servants or maybe they've been in the military and they're, they're being disrespected and jeered at, you say, well, that's not right either. Jesus here says, Blessed are you who hunger and thirst for righteousness, for for making the world right, for bringing my peace, for bringing my kingdom into the world. I bless you for that. And it's not an easy road because if you've worked with the poor or if you've lived a life to try to make the world better or fix things, you know that uh, it's a thankless job often. If you've served the poor, some of you have served the poor like generously for a lifetime, you don't always get thanked and you don't always see the kind of life change that you would hope. And, and Jesus says, I know, I know that you're living in the tension. I bless the hunger and the thirst you have. 
and I promise that you will be satisfied when my kingdom comes in its fullness. I will come and set things right. I will make things right. You won't have to say that's not right anymore, Jesus says, when my kingdom comes fully. And that's the hope we have uh, for his return. But some of you are thinking, some of you, uh, you don't have a Jesus compass. You have a real strong justice compass. It's not totally wrong. It's kind of right. But uh, it's, not the, it's not the Jesus compass because the justice compass says when things go wrong, when people do wrong, then they should be punished. And sometimes that punishment is revenge. But if you think that, well, keep reading Jesus. Keep looking at his blessings. He says, blessed are the merciful, for they will be shown mercy. Justice without mercy is not Jesus' kind of justice. Justice or punishment or maybe discipline is designed to help bring restoration and transformation or change, not simply to be punitive. And if, if you come at people demanding only justice with no mercy, it's, not, it's time to get out the Jesus compass. Jesus goes on, blessed are the pure in heart for they will see God. Now, I think that's one of the hardest phrases to understand here, but I think it becomes a little more clear if we think, well, what is a, what is a heart that's not pure look like? Well, a heart that's not pure is consuming things, people, media that, gets, that makes things kind of muddy. It, it, a, a heart that's not pure is divided. A heart that's not pure kind of doesn't distinguish uh, between what's good for it and what's not good for it. So against all uh, like cultural pressure, there are times where we say, no, that's not good for me. And Jesus says, I bless you for that. I bless you for like working toward a heart that is pure and clean and like centered on me and my kingdom. And people, people won't celebrate it, but I do. Blessed are the peacemakers for they will be called children of God. This is another one of those where if, if we find ourselves in arguments a lot or really angry with people who who disagree with us, we might get out the Jesus compass and say, I think, I think I've actually decided that I'm on one side or the other side of an issue and made someone my enemy. And Jesus says to be a, like, blesses the peacemakers. So like peacemakers, you think might sound like a great job, but actually peacemakers stand between two people that are angry with each other. And so you're getting like bombarded from both sides. You're getting can I use the word cursed? Or if you imagine like two people throwing tomatoes at each other, you're, you're like both sides of your face are just dripping with red gooey stuff. So like it, it's, it's, not a, it's not an appealing place to stand is with in the middle where Jesus so often says, you're trying to take sides, but I love people. So let's look at the people behind the issues. It, it's an opportunity, I think, for us to like, Reevaluate where our life is headed. Blessed are the peacemakers. It's, what it, it's part of what it means to follow Jesus. Part of who he was. And finally, this last blessing. I think this, this is jarring because so many Christians 
for so long have fought what has sometimes been called a culture war, but we've, we've tried to advocate that we would be sure of our you know, religious liberties or even beyond that, make sure that our values uh, are turned into law, like become public policy. And, and instead, and, and just let Jesus' word sit with you, Jesus, instead Jesus says, blessed are those who are persecuted because of, because of righteousness, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. And so if you get out your compass and you say, I think instead of pursuing righteousness in relationship, in love, with Jesus at the center, I've been trying to make laws and that's been what's consumed like my heart and my energy. Remember that, and I'm not saying like to go looking for trouble like Jesus doesn't say, blessed are you if you stand on a street corner and yell really loud because then people are going to persecute you because you're being annoying. Like, or blessed, you know, he's not blessing the, the real jerks among us who are like just magnets for, you know, persecution. But, but blessed are those who pursue God's peace, God's righteousness, God, the Hebrew in the Old Testament uses the word shalom. It's this holistic idea of what it means to have the world right. And the message of Jesus is that comes through sacrifice and love, not through law. And the real power is in coming to people. And so I look, I look at these eight blessings and to just take a step back, like the headline here is God wants to bless you. And God blessing you doesn't look like more money and it doesn't look like a better job or a bigger house. It is the divine, I am with you in the struggle, in the mess, in your weakness, in your shame. I am there. I am, I'm, I, I'm here to give you freedom and to live a life that's powered by my spirit. But then what flows out of that is if we're going to live lives like Jesus, then we need to think about how we're blessing people and who we're blessing. And in this week in particular, uh, I think about the teachers who are back to school. And man, it's not ideal for anybody. Like, it's not right. Like, there's something not right about it. And I'm not making a political statement. It's just... This is not the way it's supposed to be. Am I right? And I think about families with school-aged children who would normally be sending their kids to school. And this is a whole new world. It's a whole new ball game for everybody. And I think, man, there, there, there must be something we can do to bless them. If we are people of Jesus, then we are people of blessing. And you can bless people in different ways, Right? Blessing means at some level giving a gift to them, bestowing some good thing on them. And a gift doesn't have to be like a Starbucks gift card. It could be. I'm sure people would love that, right? But a gift could be encouragement. It could be time. It could be just a reminder that, hey, I'm here for you. I love you. I'm for you. 
At the end of the day, a blessing is the communication of love in a way that they can hear and receive it. And so I want to invite you into two things. The first thing is you're going to be getting a text later today uh, inviting you to receive more texts. <laughs> I, like, I like to let people opt in. I don't, I don't like spamming people. So one of the, we want to help you engage with this love period series in like practical ways. And so we'll be sending out like two to three texts a week uh, with things that you might do. This week, I'm going to send one out every day because there are eight Beatitudes. Uh, but uh, they're going to be things like this. Think of a teacher or a young family that is in a hard season and bless them somehow, some way. And so I just want to create some space right now. The worship team is going to be coming up for you to sit in a prayerful posture. Think about um, how you might bless a teacher or a family with kids. And if, if there's something you can do right now, like if, you're gonna, if you want to buy them a Starbucks gift card, you can go to Amazon right now and they'll ship it to you. Uh, if, if you want to send out a, an encouraging text, you can do that right now. So these guys are just going to, what we call noodle, they're just going to play some music for like two minutes um, while you prayerfully think and maybe act. So let me just pray. Come Holy Spirit, bring people to our minds. Show us ways to bless them. Communicate love. Thanks again for listening to the podcast of the Vineyard Church, Chester Springs. We hope you share this with your friends and family and subscribe on iTunes or wherever you get your podcasts. See you next time.